Libby Owens is the author of Moms Don't Have Time To, a quarantine anthology. She was named New York City's most powerful bookfluencer by New York Magazine's Vulture. Recognized by Oprah, Zibby hosts an award-winning podcast where she has inquisitive conversations with other authors. Zibby will discuss her anthology and how we should make more time for ourselves during the pandemic. Hey everyone, welcome back to Lady Empire. I'm so excited for the guest I have today. Zibby, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Al. Thanks for having me. So I want to just start talking a little bit about your background and your upbringing, um, the relationship you had with your parents, and if this sort of affected your career path in any way. Oh, that's a big question. Um, let's see. The relationship I had with my parents. Well, my parents are both incredibly hardworking and always modeled a love of reading and a love of hard work and sort of throwing yourself into anything and everything. So that was a great role model for me to follow as I went about my business, essentially. Um, and they continue to give me lots of life lessons at every stage of the way. Um, so my background also, they really taught me to pursue what I loved and to bring my whole self to what I was doing. And yes, work my hardest, but also find what I was passionate about. So I feel lucky to have arrived there. That's great. And so where did you grow up then? I grew up in New York City. Awesome. And that's where you are today as well, right? Correct. Here I am. (laughs) So I have seen a few of your Instagram posts. And is that your home library with all of those books? It is. That is a dream. I love that so much. Everyone needs to go check that out because that is a dream library and home office. That's amazing. How many books do you think that you have in there? You know, my kids were just asking me this. I don't know. I would say maybe like 500 or something. Um, Yeah. And that's not the only place. I mean, this room I'm in now has more. We have books like everywhere. I have books coming out and I get now sent lots of books because of my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. So I get like I don't know. I have 20 I don't even haven't even opened yet that came this when I was away last week. So, yes, lots of books. So, I want to talk about your book that you wrote, Moms Don't Have Time To, a quarantine anthology. So, can you talk a little bit about how it got started and why it got started? Sure. It was not actually intended to be an anthology. It was supposed to just be a website with lots of articles and essays by people who had been on my podcast. And I wanted to have them write about all types of things moms didn't have time to do. And it was going to be this big splashy site and I was going to invest all this time and attention and everything. And then when the pandemic hit, I had a lot of these assignments and contracts out, but no website had gotten built or anything like that. So I ended up sort of throwing them up on my own website, Uh, A friend of mine from my first job after college designed it for me, and um, we just kept rolling out a few each week. And then at the end um, of the summer, I went back and I thought, well, how many essays did we end up publishing? We called it We Found Time during the pandemic. Uh, And it looked like there was enough for it to be a book. So I was like, wow, this is a book. I think I should try to sell it. So that's what happened. (laughs) 
What is your overall goal with this book? What do you hope to achieve? Well, one thing I hope to achieve is to raise more money for the Susan Felice Owens program for COVID-19 vaccine research at Mount Sinai Health System, which all proceeds of the book are going towards my mother-in-law and my husband's grandmother passed away from COVID over the summer. And we are helping fund and raise money for a low-cost vaccine, single dose, that will hopefully be used for developing countries. So that's one objective. Another objective is to let people... Uh, let readers in on like the secret of how great the authors are in this book. So some are very well known, some are less discovered. I think they're all really amazing, brilliant authors. So I've pulled together 60 plus essays that I hope will make people run out and buy the books of the authors who wrote them because they're great. And I guess my third objective is to make people feel less alone and that what they were going through then and what they're going through now especially for busy people, especially people like moms, but doesn't have to be moms because there are a lot of essays not written by moms at all, but really anyone who's struggling through it, taking care of other people in any way and just feeling kind of maxed out, This, these essays will hopefully make those people have a little sigh of, of under, feeling understood. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that COVID has really affected your family but I think that that's great that you were able to sort of develop something out of that and contribute to something great. So that's awesome to hear. Thank you. So what were um, some of the biggest struggles that you experienced when writing this book? Did you have any major challenges or roadblocks that you hit? Um, you know, while they were being written, there was this sense of urgency, which now seems ridiculous because what was I so stressed out about? Nothing was even happening. But I made these goals in my head to get them out a certain number of essays each week. So that was during a time when I was homeschooling the kids and it was like all four kids and my husband and me and were like in the house and it was just total chaos. So I remember back to those days and copy editing and correcting typos and feeling very stressed about it. So that was the challenge when we were releasing them each week. Uh, compiling them into a book was actually pretty easy given that it was all there um, and we had all the contracts. So yeah, I think, you know, writing the acknowledgements maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so I guess the overarching goal of the book um, and something that I want to ask you is how have you found time as a mother to eat and read and exercise and do all of the personal things that you want to achieve in your life? I haven't. <laughs> I try. I try and do it differently every single day. Um, today, for instance, I had to postpone this um, because I had to drop my daughter at a sleepover, but I listened to an audiobook on the way home because I had to prep for one of my seven podcasts this week. Um, so I do things at the same time. I, you know, I took my daughter to get a haircut and as I'm sitting there, I was proofreading my second anthology, which is due Monday and making sure there are no typos in that. Um, so I guess it's using the time I have, um, being, you know, attentive when I can, um, my exercise today was walking from place to place, picking up one kid, dropping off another kid, um, but better that I walked than I didn't walk. So <laughs> I guess lowering my standards, I used to be like, if I can't work out until I'm sweating so much 40 minutes a day, I might as well not even work out. And now I'm like, well, I walked 18 minutes and I could have been sitting on the couch for those 18 minutes. So 
it's better than nothing. So I've had to change my framework of what it even means to exercise. Um, eating, I seem to have no trouble finding time for. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily healthy things, but that nothing seems to stop me from finding food. Um, and the rest of it, I don't know. I just, I try every day is like a new chance to start fresh and try again. And every day I do it differently. And every day it's like a challenge I have to solve. I kind of missed being stressed like in college. And I used to work really, really hard in school. Um, and I'm not like the brightest person, but I, I really work as hard as possible. So I would make like, you know, 20 page review sheets and stay up late memorizing. And I was always trying to budget my time and making little schedules for myself. How could I possibly do this inhuman amount of work that was due? Um, and then when I like got to the working world, I was like, this is it. What, what do you mean? There's nothing after five at all. Like, what? <laughs> um, and then of course I went into like having kids and that was also a very different experience. So I have kind of admitted to myself that I feel most, um, you know, I don't know, just more effective as a person or more fulfilled when I have like so much to do, I don't even know what to do. I actually, I guess I just like that. And the only people who really suffer are the people in, in my family because I'm not very nice and I'm stressed. But other than that, um, I think I can mostly hold it together. But that's the thing I'm probably working on the most. Now I want to dive in um, a little bit to um, explore your opinion on why you think it's so important to make time um, you know, for these specific things within your family. So making time to be with your kids, um, to be intimate with your husband and keep that strong relationship. You know, why is that so important for us? Well, I mean, it's sort of the basis of everything, right? That's like the foundation on which the rest is built. Um, I'm married to my second husband um, now and I've have seen a, a marriage, you know, break and, and I've built another one and I feel blessed every day. Um, I really love my husband. He's a really great guy and uh, giving me a thumbs up sign from the, <laughs> the other side of the room. Um, but, you know, being, showing someone you love that you love them, I mean, it goes a long way. I want to ask what has been the most beautiful moment that you have experienced as a mother? I'm sure you have lots, but do you have one that really sticks out and you're like, yes, we have made it or we have conquered something special here? Um, you know, that's how I feel when I see the kids being nice to each other, right? When my son got hurt the other day and my daughter, who's only 17 months older, was the one taking care of him and getting him the ice pack and propping him up on like putting a little blanket on him and, you know, just being such a caretaker. And, um, it just makes me feel so good to know that, you know, long after I'm gone, they'll all be taking care of each other. Yeah. That's so sweet. And I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So you touched a little bit on the stress aspect of everything that you're doing and everything that, you know, mothers try to accomplish and take on. So, how do you maintain your overall mental health as a mother? What do you try to incorporate in your life that contributes to your mental health? Um, writing really helps me and reading really helps. Um, and so does podcasting. I get a lot out of writing, especially um, 
every day I write a little something on Instagram. It's like this tiny little micro blog of sorts. And it helps me to reflect and to know that every day I'm going to reflect in some way and, you know, say something. Um, and I also write lots of essays. So we have this new publication called Moms Don't Have Time to Write. I try to write for that every week. And um, I'm starting to write for Thrive Global every week if I can find the time. Anyway, writing helps me. Reading is a huge lifesaver because I stop what I'm doing and I relax and I read and I escape mentally and it like calms me down, slows my blood pressure. I can only do that one thing. So, well, not true if I'm, I mean, unless I'm listening to an audiobook. But if I'm sitting reading, I'm sitting. Well, actually, that's not true. I, okay, I kind of do other things at the same time, but um, it still is 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 very helpful um, in terms of stress release. And then, honestly, I love doing my podcast. I mean, I get these breaks every day. Yes, it's like I guess work too, but for me, they're breaks where I get to just meet a new person and learn all about them. And um, I'm guessing you share some of this too, since this is what you're doing. But uh, I love it. I love asking questions and getting to know people and figuring out, you know, behind the scenes of different books and why they wrote this and what they're like and how this horrible experience turned into something great or I, all of that. I, I get to just dip out of my own life every day, at least for 30 minutes. And there's nothing um, more effective of getting perspective on your own stuff than suddenly being completely empathetic towards somebody else. So, so that has like really saved me. I've been doing it for three years now and um, I just love it. I do share that same love as well. I mean, podcasting is just such a creative outlet almost. And like you said, just being able to meet new people and explore their lives and their opinions and how they got to where they are today. It's, it's fun and it's, it's a fun hobby to do. So I do want to talk a little bit about your podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. What has been your most memorable interview and why? Um, one of my most memorable early interviews was with Andre Agassi because it was like my second episode or something crazy through a friend of my husband's. And I was so nervous. I was literally like drenched in sweat. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was such a fan of him and his book and I couldn't believe I got to talk to him. So it was like, you know, jumping into the deep end of podcasting. Um, so I'll, I'll always have a special place in my heart for that one. <laughs> What do you love most about exploring the lives of these people? I mean, obviously, we get to see, you know, where they started and how they got to where they are. But, um, you know, what do you love most about interviewing people and asking them questions about their lives? Um, I love hearing about how they created these amazing books. I just, I'm trying to like crack the code, if you will, of like, how do they do it? How do these brilliant novelists or memoirists, how do they do it? So I like to analyze the text and then I like to talk to the author and try to figure it out because it seems to be magic. There's a little bit of magic in every book. So, um, and I just like to find out what it is that's, that's drawn someone to tell their story because there's something that's so important in that. Um, so what is it? Um, is it a family secret? Is it a regret? Is it, what is it? Is it something they've 
been trying so hard to overcome. I want to know. So I view it as a challenge to kind of figure it out. Do you have a background in journalism at all? Or has this sort of been a a fresh start of taking on this sort of journalistic role? Um, I was a psychology major in college. I've been doing, and I did, um, like I worked on my, I was like editor in chief of this, you know, college guidebook in college. So I had to interview people about their colleges and, um, you know, I wrote for the paper in business school and, um, I wrote for a bunch of, I did a bunch of freelance assignments for like Modern Bride and Shape and all these different magazines where I would interview people. So um, Avenue, I I did do that for some time, um, but I'm kind of making it up as I go. Um, one of the last questions I want to ask is what advice would you give to mothers that can't find the time to do these things? They can't find the time to exercise, um, implement the proper nutrition, um, be connected with their husbands and their or wives and their families. What advice do you give those women? I would say I am right there with you and that it's not something that's ever going to be solved. We just get to try it again. Every day is a new day to try to get something in. And you probably won't get all of it in, but try to get maybe one of those things in. Try to do it while you're doing something else. Try to walk your kid somewhere instead of drive. Try to, um, you know, find these little pockets of time. You won't have a lot. It doesn't have to be what it was. It won't be. But even a few minutes, even a few minutes of reading a book before bed is enough. So I would say you don't have to find that much time. You just have to stop, you know, respond to a few less emails in one day or spend a little less time on social media, or don't watch as much TV at night, or just take it out of somewhere else. Everybody gets a lot of time every day. It's the biggest gift from God, right? We have all this time, and we allocate where we spend it, and it is not easy. And, you know, my kids are on iPads in the other room. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, And that's another trick, right? <laughs> just like, don't feel so guilty about like TV or iPads or whatever. If you need the time, you need the time. But if you're a better mom, when you come back in an hour later, like, isn't that worth it for everybody? So I would say no guilt or try to minimize the guilt. I would say do your best. No one's really judging you at the end of the day, except you and go easy on yourself. And eventually you're going to have too much time again. And you're going to miss not having no time. So just get through it and get little snippets instead of big chunks and it'll be enough. That's wonderful advice. And I hope everyone listening can take that advice, whether you're a mother or a wife or whatever role you're playing right now, um, please try to implement that into your life. And Um, So I want to finish out, I do this with all my guests, a fun fact about you, but with you, I'm going to do two because I have a special question I really want to know. So the first one, while we already kind of went over this, was how many books do you own? And you said somewhere near 500. Yeah, probably more. I probably own about a thousand books, if I had to guess. And like I said, everyone needs to visit Zibby's Instagram to see this home library. It's color coordinated, (laughs) which is amazing. So please, everyone, go look at that to help you create your dream library. Yes, Um, at Zibby Owens, Z-I-B-B-Y-O-W-E-N-S. 
Last question. What is your most favorite book of all that you own? Oh, that's like impossible. Right now, it is probably the little book that my son made called The Three Little Pigs that he illustrated himself. And I always want to ask authors that question because it's so difficult. I mean, obviously, you've read millions of books, unexplainable amount of books. And so I always want to know, they can't possibly have a favorite, right? There's no way. Different books do different things, right? But all-time favorites are the ones that have the most personal meaning. Um, where can we find you on social media? Where should we look out for what you're going to be submitting out into the world next? Um, my website is zibbyowens.com and it's all organized by the many things moms don't have time to do. And under each category, like travel and grieve and read and write, there are different podcasts or publications or, um, communities, that I'm working to build on the different topics. And then I have some other books coming out and just go to zibbyowens.com or follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens and that will take you where you need to go. Great. Well, thank you, Zibby, so much. This was such a fun fun conversation and I really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm flattered. 